0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And today it's going to be a little bit of a random episode. I have a few things on my mind. They're unrelated. So it's just going to be those little pieces. One of them is I'm starting to read a lot more nonfiction books again. And the other is something that many of us suffer from that's buying domains when we think we have an idea that we're going to pursue, and then we end up not doing that. So I have one uh, recently that popped up, which I'll tell you about. I also have been posting a little bit more on the community tab in YouTube, and I set up a poll. So I'm going to share some of those results there may do some content, especially if you let me know out there, if you're interested in hearing about that sort of thing. So I'll, I'll let you know about some of those results and I'll tell you what the poll was. I asked people what they were working on in 2024. If you've been paying attention to the content that I've been publishing, part of it is still hanging on to the old times, a legacy of niche and authority sites. Cause the thing is. A lot of people are very interested in it still, right? Even with all the the shuffles with algorithm updates and such. Most people in my audience and this audience, my peers audience, the stuff that I'm consuming, there are still a lot of people working on websites or they want to start websites or they're trying to recover websites that were hit with helpful content updates or other algorithm updates. So people are still really interested in it. So part of the content is around that. And then some of my other recent videos have been about pivoting and what do you do if you're thinking, hey, I still want to work on a side hustle, but I'm not sure if I want to sign up to be at the mercy of Google or other larger entities where you can get caught up in the shuffle and potentially put a lot of work into something and then have it go away or change very much with a lot of things that are just largely out of your control and there's a lot of things that are out of our control anyway but the point is my my contents in this period where i'm, t- I'm talking about like two different things sometimes contradicting each other a little bit. So I'll, I'll get into that, ask people what they're working on. And let's see, what was the, I think I have like one or two other topics. Oh, just YouTube in general. So one area and I'll, I'll save this for the end. I got to remember not to forget <laughs> this topic at the end. So I'll take out this pink sticky note and uh, put it right here. And I'll know that that is to talk about YouTube. And I need you, listener, viewer out there to let me know what you want to know about what I've been doing on YouTube. So if you take a look and I'll share some of the stats just in general, but I've grown my channel from roughly say 38,000 subscribers to I think I'm at close to 80,000 in like six weeks or something like that. Here's the deal though. I'm not sure it's as impressive as the number sound. And I'll explain just a little bit of it, but I want you, especially on the YouTube side here, I'm playing along with YouTube and the fucking algorithm, right? But leave a comment if you actually want to know more and you can go look this up. You could check my channel out. It was pretty much... Uh, steady growth for years. And then it kind of tapered down over the last two years as I really published long form content that didn't play along with the algorithm. And then the last little bit, I've just done one little tweak really that my friend Alex Cooper at WP Eagle told me about. And I didn't test it for a while, but once I tested it, I was like, this is working pretty well, but it might not be what you think and it might not be paying off like you think. So I'm playing with it and it's just kind of, I'm treating it like a game, which prevents me from taking it too seriously, which is a good thing. Because the thing is, and I started watching these videos of YouTubers who are like, I need to take a break, I'm quitting YouTube. And then there's a bunch of reaction videos about other people quitting YouTube and what people think about it. And this video and podcast episode is potentially gonna turn into such a reaction video as I'm talking about it now, I feel that (laughs) coming on. So just bear with me, bear with me on it. So, okay, number one, like I said, I have been reading more nonfiction books. I got away from that for a little while. I was reading mostly fiction and occasionally the a shorter nonfiction book. The thing is I got burned out. I was reading a lot of business books, productivity books. I was reading a lot of like growth and marketing books. And one thing that I realized, oh, and a bunch of like sort of semi- self-help slash business, all kind of interrelated. And a lot of those were almost the same books, just reformatted with a couple different examples. And of course, the authors, they were repackaging things and reframing it to their own brand and all that kind of stuff. And And the thing is, after I read several, like, dozens of these books, I was like, these are the same stories. They're just telling the same stories. They're all citing the same source material too. And I was like, well, that's not super helpful for me. So I stopped reading those for a little while and actually read more last year in 2023 than I have in any other year in the past. I think I logged like 53 books and I think like eight or 10 of them were audiobooks, and I read the rest of them. Most of them were nonfiction sorry, most of them were fiction. Most of them were fiction because I would read them before bed and I've just been spending a little bit more time reading. They're pretty entertaining. Occasionally they are historically accurate or have some cool scientific facts in there. So they're not like purely fiction. You could actually learn from it and gain some insights. But the last little bit Probably the last month or two, I've been reading more nonfiction. I uh, read a couple of Morgan Housel books, which I've been quoting and thinking about the things that he has written. Luckily, a lot of the stories and references that he has in his books are completely different than the ones that I was reading, the other nonfiction books that I was reading before. So here, here's one thing I've been doing. I really like print books when I know I'm going to like the book or I've maybe listen to the audiobook or I read it on Kindle and I'm like, I want a print version of the book. And I'm now writing in my book and I'm treating it like a notebook in the past. When I look back at the, the shelf, the couple of shelves of books back there, they're pristine. They look like less used than a library book. I mean, they just look like they're at a bookstore, right? There's, it looks like I haven't even read them, even if I've read them a couple times. They're just very um, treated with kid gloves or something like that. Then I was like, well, I could take notes in here and I'll probably remember stuff better. And I probably pulled this together from hearing how other people read and stuff like that. So here's what I'll do I'll uh, get a pen and I, I actually switch from these pilot g2 pens which are pretty cheap they're very cheap and i you could buy them at like sam's or costco or something like that and they're nothing special but they write well they're a gel pen and i like them for my like writing in notebooks and stuff however they kind of bleed through because it's the gel ink so i switched over to i think just like some bic ballpoint pens that has a clicker i don't know the name of them even cheaper than the pilot G2. So we're talking like a dollar or less per pen, but they don't bleed through the pages. And I will take notes. I'll underline passages. I'll put brackets around a paragraph or whatever. And then I'll summarize that in the margins with fragments, bullet points, whatever, just so I know what's in there. And then at the end of the chapter, I'll go through that chapter and just kind of flip through and see all the places that I've noted. And I'll go back to the blank pages in the back of the book. Usually there's a few blank pages in the back of the book and I'll create my own index. That index has all the little sections that I've noted. And I could just put page 55 and three or four words summary. You can make it longer if you want. I'm still playing around with it where you could actually put maybe like one sentence of what you want to remember from that point. So I could think, Hey, I found this cool quote. And I remember it was in the book 4,000 weeks and I could just flip through my own index that I've created for the things that I'm interested in and then go through and pull those pieces out. Very powerful just to create your own index. And I am really enjoying it. The thing is, as I'm going through and reading the first time, I probably am taking a couple passes, right? So I read it and I'm like, oh, that was actually good after I read that section. So I can highlight it, underline it, that is, make my little note. And like I said, at the end of the chapter, then I could document that in the index and it's a lot more active. So I'm like recalling it right after I'm reading it and then I'm hand writing it down, which I just like to do. I remember it much better side note on that. I do like just paper notebooks and writing with a pen or pencil or whatever you want to crayon. I don't care what you write with, but I enjoy that. And one cool thing that I, discovered this week i was like oh, i wonder if i could take a picture of my page of handwritten notes and then put it into chat gpt or bard ChatGPT failed at this but i uploaded the picture to bard and said convert this to text and then it converted it to text perfectly it took care of some misspelled words i actually i'm wrote things down wrong, like crossed out half a line. And it just gave me like the pure, like an edited version of what I wrote on here. And it was awesome. So it's actually a way that I can like take a journal and take a picture and then have it converted to text, which is super cool. And then from there, right? So extend this. Let's say I have a video idea, which is exactly what I did here. I had a video idea. I wrote down, my ideas, I could put it into Bard, have it turned into text, and say what are frequently asked questions that someone that disagrees might ask about these points. And then I could add that content into it. So really cool way to really use the tool, how it'll help me. Some people, of course, you you know, you don't want to write stuff by hand. You want to type it in. That's cool. Or maybe you want to do a voice memo and then uploaded, right? So there's a lot of different ways you could use it and you have to figure out how to make the tool meet you where you are, which is what I did here. So this really opened up a lot of stuff for me with doing that. So that was point one. Number one is reading physical books that I own and then taking notes within the book. So when I flip through, it looks like someone, yeah, just like took notes and wrote all through the book. One tip, I do use the ballpoint pen now so it doesn't bleed through to other pages, but I'll use blue or red so that it really stands out. I tried with just like a black ink pen, but it kind of blends in with the other stuff. So red is great because it really, I mean, it jumps off the page. You can really see what's going on. All right. Point number two, section number two here is I got an email from a name cheap the other day And it said, hey, you have this domain that's going to expire. You need to renew it. It's not set up for auto renewal." And I was like, oh, which domain is that? So I was really into learning how to use ChatGPT about one year ago. I was like, this tool is much better than it used to be. And I see some really good potential and I was really excited about prompt engineering. So I bought a domain related to prompt engineering, which is hilarious. Cause I was like, all right, I'm gonna do this. Maybe I'll have a YouTube channel. I'll do a bunch of stuff. I'll I'll have blog posts that all this thing. And then I realized I wasn't as enthusiastic. Like after I had the initial, like probably two months of excitement, I was like, you know what? I'm not as excited. And literally, I bought the domain, didn't do a damn thing with it. And I, at some point last summer, I turned off the auto renewal because I was like, I'm clearly not going to do anything with this. That doesn't go away. I know when I first got started, I think I bought like, I don't know, 25 domains. It was dumb, right? We all, I think we all do this. Everybody has this story and there's just a wake of, domains that you purchased in the past that you didn't do anything with, and we've all done it. I still do it. I know you probably do similar things, but it's okay to let go. Like I said, I figured out within a couple months, I was like, I'm not going to do anything with this. I am not interested in starting something brand new and fresh in this area. I've lost my momentum. I'm doing what I want to do, but I just, I'm out. So you're not alone out there. It's okay. Just let those domains go and let the projects go. If you haven't done anything in a couple of months, you're probably not going to do anything with it. So, just, you know, save the 15 or 18 bucks or whatever. Next. Over on YouTube, I've been using the community tab more. If you haven't checked it out, please do. Have a look over there. Let me know if you think it's worthwhile or not. But I heard someone recently talk about using the community tab and community posts on YouTube like Twitter and just, you know, post a thread, post something a little bit longer, use it as sort of a micro-blogging platform. And I was like, that's kind of a cool idea. Maybe I'll, I'll check that out because I have like these sort of shorter ideas and I, I don't want to get on Twitter. And I just... I can't get myself to do it. I think maybe I put too much pressure on myself or something like that. But it, I have negative um, I have negative feelings whenever I stop using Twitter or I take a look and I scroll through. I'm like, this is not the experience I want to have. So part of it is like a hang up and then me protecting myself from my own crazy brain, right? So anyway, I'm trying different stuff. And a funny thing, I, I actually saw, I think it was Tim Ferris and a couple other people, they're putting like sort of longer uh, messages in their community tab, just as posts they're tweet treating it like Twitter or they're treating it like an Instagram post where they're just communicating some stuff. Hopefully it's kind of helpful. Anyway, I posted a poll, which is one of those things that people do interact with and polls seem to get a little more traction out there than my regular post. So Couple days ago, I just said, What are you working on in 2024? And I'll read out the options. I think you could only get five options. And then people wrote in some other stuff. So number one, I put in a niche or authority sites. Number two was YouTube. Number three, Amazon Influencer, number four, Etsy. Number five is courses or digital products. And 60% of the people of 124 votes. So we got 124 votes. 60% of those folks are working on niche or authority sites, which is expected. Like I said, the audience, you know, most of the folks that are following the most of the folks that listen, you have your foot pretty firmly in niche and authority sites. Like that's what I've talked about for years. Next 24% is YouTube, which is cool. Then at 10%, we have courses or digital products. We have 3% with the Amazon influencer, which is lower than I expected. I thought because a lot of people are talking about the Amazon influencer program and it seems to have a lot of traction. But the thing is, if only 3% of the 124 votes, which of course is just a small subset, but only 3%, that still indicates a very low amount of interest. And then finally, we got Etsy at 2%. So I have talked about Etsy and digital printables. There's a lot of stuff you can sell on Etsy, but digital printables are one of the things I've talked about in the past. One of my friends, Cody uh, Berman, this is the last name, right? Berman Cody. I've interviewed him a couple times, and I see him at the financial independence conferences, and sometimes at uh, Camp campfires and stuff like that. But he's doing great over on Etsy, and has a course on that plat or about that platform. The cool thing is, it's separate from getting traffic from Google. It's separate from monetization from. Amazon, for example, or ad rates, you're selling your own digital products. Okay. A couple other people wrote comments in. So, um, Delish says that he is working on broad niches in local SEO. He thinks that they're less volatile. So, that's cool. And then we have Amit. He's working on directory and blog websites. So, Tony Meritado, who I've interviewed a couple of times and talked about his directory site, seems to be working really well. Different monetization, sort of a different focus and the ability to network differently because your target market is much different than targeting like a niche site where you have product reviews and informational stuff. And finally, we have... Uh Karam Ahmad. I'm not sure how to say his name, but he's doing a rank and rent where you rank a website and then you you essentially rent it out and it's sort of lead generation. At least a lot of people do a lead generation situation with a rank and rent. So one cool thing I am bringing on a lot of people for interviews where we're going a little bit beyond the, the business model that we've talked about for so long which is niche and authority science so we'll look at hopefully Parasite SEO right so it's popular and I think It's getting a little bit more attention now with people talking about it more. So I'm hoping to get some experts on about that, rank and rent, of course, and local SEO. I mean, those are all very interesting as well as Amazon influencers, I guess the influencer program, but influencers in general to talk about that stuff. Okay, so as we wrap it up here, Please do check out the YouTube channel if you have comments and thoughts and stuff like that. I would love it if you would leave comments on this video so that I know that you are interested. It does help out the channel, all that kind of business. All right, so as we wrap it up, there have been a lot of uh, bigger YouTubers that are, are you know quitting YouTube. The funny thing is some of those popped up on my feed and I watch a particular kind of YouTube video I didn't know, I never heard of any of these huge (laughs) YouTubers that were quitting and they have like 10 million subscribers, but I literally never heard or saw any of their videos ever before. So it's kind of funny. I mean, they were really well-produced. It was just like YouTube serves you what it thinks you might be interested in and then what you watch and none of those ever came up ever. And I literally never heard of these people before. But they're giant and they're quitting. And, uh, you know, if I, I can go back for, through their archive or whatever, but I'm probably not going to. Anyway, they were quitting. One of my observations is they really burned. I mean, they burned out. And some people were doing it for like 10 or 15 years. And yes, like you get tired of something after a while, but they really, really cared about what they were doing and they were really trying to produce like the best content possible every time. And that puts so much pressure on you. And I I never do that. <laughs> I'm really good at shipping good enough content at a high pace, and then I fucking move on with my life. And it's great. I don't think about it twice. Occasionally I do, but then I try to get out of my head and remember that it actually doesn't matter that much at all. And I don't work with advertisers very much. And when I do, it's like at a, it's kind of at a, it's an arm's length, right? Generally, it's arm's length. It's a very rare, occasionally I do care, but it's very rare when I, I care a lot. And the thing is, I'm in a good position. I put myself in a good position where I don't have to earn money directly from the channel. And I don't, need to care too much about how things are performing that said i'm lightly competitive i have some friends that are very competitive they always want to win they treat everything like a game and a competition and i have a very light super light competitive level but a lot of things are just well beyond your control so i'm like if i can't control it i'll just do a good enough job and move on and be happy with it. And that'll be cool. That'll be fine. And again, I put myself in a position where I don't have to earn dim- directly from YouTube and I don't have to earn directly from sponsorships or anything like that. When I have in the past, it's been cool. It's been gravy on top. And I've largely treated it as a cool way for me to share. It. And I'm lucky enough that some people watch or they listen and they, they pay attention. And it's gone up and down and I, and I check out the analytics and the metrics, but largely I don't get too excited when things are going well and I don't get bummed out when things go south and listenership is down. Or I published a video that I tried really hard on and spent a couple weeks on and it didn't go that well because other times I have not tried at all (laughs) and I especially on YouTube right I published a video where I didn't use the good camera and I just turned on screen share and I was sweaty after working out and I was like all right I'm just gonna do this video real quick and those usually the ones where I don't give a shit are the one and then I don't try and I won't put in extra effort and I have no script those are the ones that do better. So I just relaxed a little bit and I really, I treat it more like a game, not like a game with other people where I'm competing against them, but just a game where I'm competing against myself, usually arbitrarily, and it just doesn't matter. I'm treating it as a game that doesn't matter and I can quit and I can change the rules and it's just, I try to treat it like something fun. Otherwise, it will make you crazy, right? Because we have all these analytics on YouTube. And one dangerous thing that can happen is you follow the algorithm. And people talk about this. A lot of those YouTube quitting videos, people talk about this, where they had a video blow up. And the common wisdom, the advice, is if something works, do more of that but then you can end up in a weird spot where you're creating videos about something that you don't really care about, or maybe you started to care about it and then it has gone so deep that now you're sick of it and you don't want to do videos like that anymore. But if you want to keep growing, if you want your, uh, you know, your metrics to keep going up, if you have made a deal with the devil, And you have sponsors that are counting on you to produce a video on schedule. Well, my friends, you've just created a job that you hate and you were fucking tied to it and you got to earn income from that. So now you really have created a job that you hate, yet you're self-employed and that sucks because at some point you realize, oh shit, I actually created this job. Luckily, I had some insight into other people that were a few years ahead of me, I think. And I also knew that it would be very easy to create my own golden handcuffs if I wasn't careful. So I've always been cautious. And when I sensed burnout a few years ago, I stopped playing along and I was like, okay, I can't compete against other people. I just got to play my own game a little bit. So with that said, I am curious if you want to hear what I have been doing to grow the channel very quickly in the last couple months or so, let me know. I... Uh, Actually, I can just tell you really quickly. I've been running some ads, some very inexpensive ads. And I can also tell you, and if you take a look, take a look through some of the videos that I published recently. They have a good number of views, but very little interaction in the comments. Very few likes, which I find interesting. And I've never had a highly interactive channel, partially by my own doing, by not interacting. (laughs) It's a lot of one-way things. I'm just talking at y'all. I check out the comments occasionally, but when I look at some of my friends and peers, like they have a much more active comment area. And I think, you know, that's a flaw. That's something I chose on my own because I don't want to be tied to Doing all of the the commenting, and I know I could hire a VA and all that kind of stuff, and automate some things. But again, I want to make sure that this is a something I could do for a long time. And by living in the comments and spending too much time on it, that's not sustainable for me. And that's one of my main focuses: is like what's sustainable, what can I do for a really long time, right? So, anyway, the secret is I have been running some ads. And I've done ads in the past, but these ads are really, really working well to help grow the channel. And I'm pretty sure that it may not be replicatable. Going back to the game thing, and then I'll wrap up here. So leave me a comment. So let me know in the comments what you want to know. Literally, I've I've been doing like the same or less work as before. The channel is growing from a subscriber standpoint. It is pure vanity, my friends, All right, It's pure vanity. That's the only reason I'm trying to do it. I'm not getting more email subscribers. I'm getting more views, but I don't earn money. I don't run ads, right? I don't run ads on these videos, very few. I think there's a couple, but probably for the last three, four years, ads are off by default. I don't want random ads showing on here. So I earn like, $15 a month from my YouTube um, AdSense, right? It's largely a joke. So I just stopped doing that. Again, the whole thing is a vanity metric and I'm just kind of playing around to see what happens. Sometimes these things uh, stop working like they used to, but I don't know. Cause like, like I said, it's been pretty easy. It's just cost me a little bit of money. It's less money than I used to spend on ads. So and i didn't spend that much on ads in the past by the way but it's been interesting and i'm hesitant to talk about it cuz i feel like it's a little bit it's weird it's it's a little bit weird but if you're interested do leave a comment and maybe i'll do something where i i just share some of the information but not directly on youtube or something like that cuz i i don't want it to be i'm not sure if, I'm, if something weird is going on, I don't want the, in air quotes, I don't want the loophole to be closed because it's been interesting and cool. And at the very least, um, at this point, right, deep into my psyche here, at this point, I can say, here's how I doubled my subscribers in six weeks. And it was easy, right? I, I, can, I can make the rounds because a lot of people are quitting YouTube. The big YouTubers are quitting YouTube. Simultaneously, there's a bunch of people who are like, I want to start on YouTube. YouTube is the future. I need to get off my blog and hop on YouTube. So it's really weird. There's an exodus with these really big YouTubers that have been working on it for decades. And then there's a bunch of people who are like, now's the time to get started on video. So it's pretty crazy when I was like, all right, I need to do some more YouTube stuff. I was like, ah, it's too saturated. It is gonna be way too hard. I'm already behind. I'm so far behind. Do you know what year that was? Think about it in your head. What year do you think that was? It was 2017. And just think if you would have started working on YouTube in 2017, right? So anyway, if you're interested, please leave a comment. I said it like 30, 40 times. Even if you're listening to this on your podcast player, uh, hop over to the YouTube channel. Please leave a comment. Let me know. I can go a little more in depth, or I may put this behind some lead magnet or something like that. Super straightforward, but I just wanna—I want to entice y'all leave a comment for me. So that's it for today. I wanted it to be super short, but I know I rambled on for a little while. Thanks for checking out this episode. We're going to do some other short ones or shorter ones, solo episodes, much like this one coming up in the next few months, most likely.